And we're live. Matt, how you doing, buddy? Hey, good. Sweet. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. I so we were we were kind of starting to talk about this a little bit, but um we uh, I saw that uh you built out a, the city-based uh dashboard um kind of in response to um Balaji's, uh tweets and stuff on it. And uh we we're talking about how we're both big fans of him and he just he puts out so many interesting ideas and um it's it's pretty cool yeah yeah he definitely uh it's it's pretty heavy information um and it's it's uh, uh definitely definitely my favorite twitter account yeah i think by far like i like literally like i look forward to like reading his tweets every day and like um you know it's weird it's weird like some days if i don't see them i'm like what's going on he hasn't tweeted yet like what's happening i need i need my, I need my daily <laughs> dose <laughs> but um yeah but yeah so the the city-based dashboard thing was interesting because basically he um his his thing was like you know newspapers um are geared around sort of cherry picking the things that will you know, get a response from people. Right. So if it bleeds, it leads kind of thing, uh, kind of thing. And so like the, the, the kind of the exact inverse of that would be a dashboard that tracks trends and things over time. Um, which instead of, instead of orienting us all towards like, what is this one thing that can make us all angry or evoke a reaction in us? Um, what, like what's the signal behind, you know, what the, it's kind of seeing the signal for the noise and like, what are, and then as you think about putting together a dashboard, like what are the metrics we can track? What are the things? And then if you had that in like a local newspaper, um, and you just got everybody focused on these things and trying to improve them or whatever. Um, and then, so you went out and actually built kind of a proof of concept, right? Yeah. 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 I think that's, and that's really the idea is that, that, Hey, there's, you know, I, I think that obviously we can all see what's happened to newspapers and there's just not a ton that, you know, there's not a lot of meat there anymore, especially yeah. like the, the more local newspapers. Um, and that's partly from the, the model um, that they have, but also from, uh, I mean, the just sort of the watering down of information and everything becomes sort of a, a political take. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I, I, when I started my project then um you know i felt like hey there's all this interesting data and was kind of putting it together in sort of a story format and then when i saw um balaji's tweet then uh, about hey what if uh you know what if local news became more community dashboard um oriented mm -hmm. then it, it was like we were getting ready to go actually go print and a real newspaper which was i've never done that before uh -huh. um and it was like our first our first one and i was like oh hey i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna piggyback on that idea and put it all into one page and call it a community dashboard just like he said um and just take the take all that all those data points and put them in one spot and it's also interesting from a newspaper point of view is that um when you when you put it all into one page you know when you put it into a into print it's something that you can spend a little bit more time with. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and, and so I think it, it is kind of, it actually ends up being really interesting from, uh, from, you know, putting it in, in print and not just a, not just a digital dashboard. Uh -huh. Yeah. I mean, we're so used to, 
everything being digital, like, you know, in, in, in our generations of like that, like the idea of, of something print based is, is a little outside of the box, but I get, it probably forces you to, um, isolate the most important stuff and, and, uh, so you can kind of fit it on a page. Um, yeah, I live in a town, I'm about a half hour, 40 minutes North of Austin, a town called Georgetown. And, um, it's, it's grown a lot. Um, but it's, you know, smallish. And, and so I had this, I had the idea of like, like, I was like, Oh, I was thinking about like, um, putting something together and trying to think through, um, what metrics would you want to track? How would you get the data? Um, I was thinking about it as like a, like a web-based dashboard, but, um, uh, but yeah, so like what, what metrics were you able to, to get? What are some of the things that, you know, you're maybe working on thinking about what are some, if, if somebody else wanted to put something together, like I was sitting there going, how would I even get this data? Like, do I, do I got to go to a city council meeting? Like what, like, what do I have to do? You know? Yeah. So what I did was, and I, and we kind of mentioned earlier, you know, I, I had done a, a local news network startup years and years ago, back in like 2010 or 11. Yeah. Could you um, share a little bit about that? That's, that's yeah. wild. I don't really hear about that many. Yeah. So, um, I had, uh, I, my, my first startup was a, was a soft drink company, um, randomly. Dude, you're all over the map. I love it, man. Yeah. It's, it's all over, (laughs) all over the, all over the place. Um, I started that when I was like 20, I don't remember 25 or something. Yeah. Um, and I, and that one, it went really well and then it didn't. And so I was out of money, um, and, and moved back home to Kansas and, um, I was like, Hey, I think that there's something here as far as creating, um, uh, local news, like a local news network yeah. into different communities. Um, and I did that for about eight months and then got approached by a telecommunications company, like a regional one. They acquired the company from me and I went and worked there. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, and I've been working on my software startup, um, for about almost four years now. And, um, but I kept some of my, my Gmail was connected to all of this. Um, I, I used to get <clears throat> from the police department in a couple counties and the sheriff's department. You were signed up counties. to a bunch of alerts and things like that. Yeah. And, and, and they had some pre- like data stuff where they would just send out these, these PDFs. Um, and so, you know, I'd had them in my, in my Gmail for a really long time and I don't really use that Gmail very much. Uh-huh. One day I was just kind of goof. This summer I was just kind of goofing around and um, looked in there, looked, and I'm like, oh, interesting. And I just kind of thought about what I might be able to do with some of the data, and so I put it into, uh, you know, it was weird because it's sitting in a PDF. Like they don't yeah. have, it's not like they're sending out <laughs> uh, their crime statistics in a CSV or anything that you could actually use. It's right. just a PDF. Right. Um, and I just kind of figured out how to yank that, how to how to convert that from a PDF into a csv format and then put it into a uh, a pandas data frame and was able to kind of yank it out and put it into a meaningful format and thought ah, this could be really interesting so um, did you like writing. write some code to kind of scrape it to scrape yeah it? Oh, okay yeah so it scrapes it now it's all automated but like they're they still don't have a, a, like an excel sheet or, or a csv it's a p it's just pdfs um, and you just have code that so on that was, a regular basis just scrapes it and okay nice <laughs> uh, yeah it just sends an email and now i've got it set up to where it's all synced up and it just scrapes it and then puts it into a um basically converts it and puts it into a database um nice. and then we we had enable these charts 
Um, but the the to get back to your your original question, the data that we kind of found was, you know, the crime stuff's always is is obviously interesting. It's something that, especially I think right now where there's, you know, been an increase in crime in certain locations. Yeah. Um, it, you know, whenever there's like movement and things change then there's an interest in some of these things. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of rumor about that. Like, Oh, crime, you know, it's, it's really high. Okay. It, it, it looks like it probably is in some places, but where do we actually have, you know, where's that data coming from? Where's that, the, the logic there. And, you know, in some places it, it probably hasn't changed all that much. Um, it, but it's just sort of like the rumor. And so that's where I, we, you know, I kind of felt like, Hey, this would be an interesting one. Let's, let's actually, let's see. Uh, because we have the data, they, they, they release all of this, like yeah. how many incidents they, you know, where they, where they went, what they worked on. Yeah. So we have that. And that one was definitely the most, um, well received because they just didn't have that anywhere. Yeah. But then there's, um, you know, uh, how many, uh, you know, road construction projects they have going on. Is there, you know, is there more, uh, work on roads happening? Um, um, like some of the the other interesting things that we found, like you know, gas prices right now in the in the actual city. Like, see where you know where is it? Is it how much is it up here versus the next county over? You know, mm-hmm. being able to kind of uh, compare it and see if it's the same impact there. Yeah. Um, how many houses are being sold? You know, that's another thing that right. that is you know clearly the everything that's gone on with in in the real estate market. Yeah. Um, now we can kind of say, oh, here, here, here's how many are selling this week. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other things that we that we have. Um, oh, employment. You know, naturally, that's one of the big biggest things right now is mm-hmm. you know, how many people are are actually looking for a job. How yeah. many are how many are are thinking of of changing jobs um, and doing that not just at the national level because that's where we see a lot of data, but but actually being able to do it. Um, you know, at, at a smaller, more local level. Yeah, everything's everything's so much more kind of meaningful and actionable at like a local level. Um, yep. I was trying to think through with the job stuff, like I think I looked at some of your charts and I think you had, um, you know, like you said, people looking for jobs and then open um, vacancies and stuff. And I, um, I work with like uh, recruiting for software developers and stuff. And so I was thinking about like, how do you match up? Um, is there, would there be a way to figure out, you know, out of the people that are looking and the jobs that are open, are there some metrics you could put together around how, you know, how to, how to match them up and, you know? Oh to, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think, and that would be, you know, that's, that's where it could really get interesting. Yeah. You dive in and try to find out, okay, well, what kind of jobs, like who, who's exactly. looking for jobs yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and who isn't um, yeah. and seeing how that changes over time. My wife was telling me yesterday that um, we we actually homeschool and uh, our kids are in a co-op. Uh, it's like a weekly, you know, the kids get together and and have classes and stuff. And uh, their company's reaching out to the co-op to this homeschool co-op with like fifty families, trying to hire the high school kids uh, for various jobs because it's like so hard to find people. I guess these days. Um, with everything that's, yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Um, that is, that is with everything that's going on with like, um, uh, the unemployment stuff and, um, things like that. So, um, 
What do you like, if you could get any metrics, if you could, without thinking about the practicalities of getting the data, like if you could pull any metrics, what do you think would give you the, the most meaningful information about like the health, the overall health of a community, whether it's like economic, you know, what emo, like families, e e anything, if you could have anything at all, I was trying to think through like how to, how to figure know. that out, you know? Yeah. Well, in my opinion, I think my, my, and, and, and part of the reason I'm interested in this is I'm, I'm very interested in, um, localism. And so I think one thing that would be really interesting is if you could get the, you know, how much money is like where the movement of money in a community to be okay. able to see how much people are spending at Walmart or, you know, big national chains mm -hmm. versus, um, the local businesses versus e-commerce. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, one thing I, I you know, just kind of noticing and it, living in a small town, you can kind of see, okay, how much money people are spending like with Amazon. And I think Amazon does a great job of a lot of things, but you know, if you're in one of these communities, uh, you know, a lot of that money that goes to Amazon is never coming back to that community. Again. Right. Right. So you're right, you're right. sort of exporting, you're exporting dollars. Right. You have like an um, import export imbalance kind of a thing. Totally. Yeah, totally. And it's, I mean, it's not likely to come back to some of these small towns. Yeah. Um, and just the ramifications of being able to see like, okay, if a town is you know exporting the majority of its money, um, it probably, you know, it, it, it can't, uh, it, it can't just do that forever. Yeah. Um, and cause I think that that, you know, if you had that data, you can get data on, you know, you know, there's some different like, commerce data that you can get but i don't think there's anything that really shows you know here's here's what our community is spending yeah here's where they're spending that and i think what? that would be man, yeah. be slick you know what'd be interesting is if you could have if you could let's say like uh look at uh spending let's say by categories or something like that right and you could say okay we're our community is spending x amount of dollars on socks through Amazon, of course, how would you ever, I have no, they, they wouldn't give you that data, but if you yeah. could see, like you're saying the movement of, and then you could say, oh, by the way, here's an X dollars opportunity for our community to sell socks or very specific water bottles or like, and then you could yep. kind of give the community, I like very actionable data around like businesses they could create, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be that would be incredibly interesting if only if only Amazon would would open source all of their data. <laughs> let's, just, let's just put that out there and uh but you know, you know what? You know another another angle to that is like what if the community had um like a browser extension where, you know, we tracked our own purchases and and shared the data that way, right? Oh, that would be, that would be incredible. Um, that'd be pretty slick. I, you know, the, um, and I mean, you'd have to probably approximate it cause you know, sometimes you're going to order on your phone and it would yeah, totally. work there. Um, yeah. you know, one, one thing that you can, you can't necessarily see what it is, like, what is the, like, what's the order, but you could see how much is being spent if you had a, uh, you know, like a local bank, um, mm -hmm the the transactions that go across the card 
um, you could see right. how much people are spending on it. You, you know, you could get that level of granularity, but you couldn't get right. into, okay, well, what did they buy? Or, or what about like email access? Now that that's, you don't, I mean, not everybody's, but the interesting thing about this whole localism approach, right. Is like the idea of me giving email access to some random startup is like, there's a high, uh, there's a high bar of trust. There's a really high bar of trust there. But the idea, if somehow, if this is a local thing, it's like that bar is, is, I don't know if you say the bar is lower, but there's a higher level of trust. If we're saying, Hey, as a community, we want to do this so that we can help all, you know, so that we're helping our community. Right. So like maybe you give access and then you scrape the email and get the order probably a lot easier actually to get order Amazon level order data. Um, that would be yeah you if you said like yeah forward in your your what like your invoice right. or something or whatever right. receipt right 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 that's even better just forward it in um that's a pretty good idea actually yeah it is i think yeah and if you can figure out the incentive for like why you know then i think that that could be that would be really slick but it does yeah. seem yeah, it, man. If you just had that information, if you just said, "Hey, like, you know, send in receipts, and maybe we'll figure out," um, um, yeah, if you could just figure out how to get all your all the receipts in and figure out how to anonymize it, right? Um, right, right. But to be able to just and, and prove out that it's somebody that's in the community, um, right? And come up with an incentive for doing so. For every receipt, we give you, you know, whatever. Um, right. Right. That could be, that would be really, really powerful. And maybe like there's a incentive program with local businesses participate and give discounts or loyalty points. So like a community based loyalty program or something like that. Um, yeah. What, um, what's your definition of localism? Like I've definitely heard of that concept. I mean, but how do you, you, you know, you said you're a big believer in it. Like, yeah. Um, well, so I think that where I kind of came across it um, in following, um, are you familiar with uh, Joe Norman on Twitter? Not sure. I'll, I'll have to um, pull. I'll have to pull him up. Yeah. Normonics is his Twitter account, and and I um, he does a he's a, a complexity scientist. Okay. Um, and. I kind I think I came across him from Nassim Taleb. Okay. Um, and just some of the impacts of like trying to understand complex systems and some of the things that we, we see right now in the world, um, how little, you know, when we have these super complex systems that, that operate, uh, that we, you know, we kind of, we kind of live in, um, yeah. we can see that some of these things, some of these things that we try to optimize or we view as, um, Hey, this is this is better. Um, like, you know, a globalist approach. We've seen kind of like, okay, well now we know what happens uh, when we have these totally interconnected um, systems. Um, yeah. And so I, I kind of picked up on it from that and realizing that the complexity there and the just everything that goes on there, we there's just a lot more risk um, in those yeah. systems and when. You actually would, if you if you were to look at things and, and try to to actually make them more local. You know, we can't really. Uh, when you do that, then there are, you can fix a lot of things and you can remove mm-hmm. a lot of risk. 
um, mm -hmm. I think would probably be the best example of it. And so I look at that as um, in we've totally ditched most local stuff. Um, right. I, you know, I think that there's there's a there's sort of that mantra of, oh, you know, buy local. But it's it's a little bit more like a charity sort of thing. It's like, oh, you should right. it just like because it's right. nice. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I would say, well, it looks to me like it. you should probably do it because um, you have less risk. Like our supply chains are all jacked right now. Um, right. Because we have to get things from right. across the ocean uh, right. instead of the making things where we are here. We sort of like over-optimized. And, right. And, right. And it seems like maybe we're, we're now we're, we're on the business end of that. Um, and, and so th that's where I kind of look at localism as, Hey, this is something that could potentially have a better impact. It, it's something that, you know, maybe that system was better. Um, yeah. Before. Yeah. 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 Like it, 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 when it goes from like a, like a nice cute thing to buy local to being, more of like this is going to give our community real leverage and and sort of when you talk about reducing risk like what are some of the like like what are some of the risks if you would flesh that out like losing jobs and and just like being on the wrong side of economics and things like that well yeah i think the the clearest example is sort of the supply chains right supply now chain, we, supply yeah, chain supply chain we, we, right. we have grocery totally. store shelves that are empty in certain places um totally, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know we you know, I even noticed uh, I was at a pumpkin patch with my kids and I'm like, um, there's all these boxes here. Like we, you can grow pumpkin. I mean, I live in Kansas. So I'm like, you can grow pumpkins here. Um, uh -huh. but yet like the pumpkin patch had some pumpkins there, but then they like had all these ones shipped in from, um, it was like South America or something. I'm like, really? Like the, why, would we, why, why are we <laughs> doing that? That doesn't make let's any grow sense. Some like, pumpkins. Yeah. And I'm like, you can grow them here and it's crazy. Like we, that it's cheaper to do that there and have it shipped out, you know, across the it's ocean so on a crazy. boat and on a truck yeah. and brought, it's just so weird to think that that's, that's where we've kind of got to, Oh, Hey, well that was the cheapest way to get it done. Yeah. Um, and, and it just seems like, um, that, you know, the problem that we can see now is that, okay, well in a pandemic, now we have increased risk of people being sick and then it has a, right now, now they have to shut down a port and then, Right. All the other things that right. are kind of going on where now people don't want to, hey, I don't really want to show up for a physical to a physical location. I want to work right. from my computer at home. Right. And so right. now right. they can't right. hire enough people to work the dock and to get everything yeah. off of the boat. Yeah, 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 yeah. And now the pumpkin patches out of pumpkins. <laughs> yeah. And the... We could have just grown them there. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, it's, um, yeah. It's, 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 uh, sometimes I'll watch videos on like vertical farming and stuff like that, like where you can, um, you know, you, particularly microgreens, I think pumpkins are maybe a little harder to, and, and bigger foods are a little harder to grow in that, yeah. but they have a big house. <laughs> you better. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, you know, there's these little things you can buy where, you know, you can grow stuff easily in your house. And, um, and, and as that stuff continues to progress, it's going to get real interesting. Um, Singapore does some really interesting stuff there where like, um, you know, Singapore is just this massive city, uh, you know, city state. And, 
um, they have this thing where like you have to have green spaces in your buildings. So like on rooftops and things like that. And then they, I think they recently changed the law from you have to have general green spaces with trees and stuff like that to where you have to grow food, um, in, in some of these areas. And, and, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's like, there's so much that can be done there. And then like with 3d printing, like I was thinking about this a lot with supply chain stuff. If, if we can get to 3d printing at scale, it's going to totally invert everything. Um, yep. right. Cause then oh. you, you, you're designing, you're, you're designing stuff anywhere. You're printing it all locally. Um, I, I mean, it's going to ch- change everything. Yes. Yeah. It absolutely could where, you know, any of your goods, then you could go back to getting them local um again you know you just create them yourself and i that that's part of it is i think just being able to kind of understand that there's you know even even thinking through another another example would be um energy right now where oh hey you're on the grid and oh well there's a problem here and the prices are skyrocketing and um and, and then you know during winter then now you're 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 sorry we had to shut down or, or it's too warm and now we have to, we have to cut off the electricity. And I'm thinking, you know, there's gotta be a better way to do this. And it's probably not doing it at scale. It's probably breaking that down and figuring out how to do it, um, in a, in a, in a more, uh, I guess, local, Hey, I'm going to do it locally. I'm going to be self-reliant. Um, yeah. And, and, and then you don't, you just remove a lot of risk. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, it's crazy how fast, uh, things are changing and how we're, we're getting on the wrong side of a lot of these over optimizations that were made. Um, the supply chain thing, are you following that in much depth? Like the, the supply chain backlog that's going on right now? A little bit, a little bit. I don't, you know, I, I think just from the standpoint of, of, you know, pointing this out in discussions with my wife and I'm like, see, this is why I wanted to buy that whole side of beef. Um, <laughs> Cause I, you know, I don't want us to go into the grocery store and realize, Oh, Hey, yeah. If, if you can buy it, then, you know, you're going to pay 50 bucks a pound. Um, yeah. And then you got to figure out what you're going to do about that. Um, yeah. So I think just, just from that standpoint of, Hey, you know, another example of why we want to try to be a little more self-reliant and a little less, um, reliant on these, these giant systems that, um, yeah. are, are too complex for their own. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, well, every once in a while, like, like I've, I've watched, I've gone down some heavy YouTube rabbit holes where I'm watching videos on growing your own food. And, um, uh, you know, there's, there's whole diagrams on how, if you have an acre, we, which we don't, we have a small piece of land, but if you have like an acre, you can, you can uh, grow all the food you need and things like that for, you know, a whole family. And um, of course we tried to grow some food in the backyard and then it all like died. Like we, we like tried to grow some basic stuff, like some, some jalapenos and some blackberries and some peaches and like everything just died on it. Yeah. You know? So I'm like, well, I guess that's not my thing, you know, but yeah. <laughs> I know that feeling. It's like, I get really excited for the garden and then, <laughs> then the bugs move in and I'm like, ah, well, <laughs> guess that's why like, we go to the grocery store. 
Yeah, like we had this peach tree and uh, we're, you know, we're watching this thing grow and like my kids are getting all excited about it and we're, you know, months and months we're waiting. Finally, we're seeing the peaches are like almost ripe and we're getting all excited. And then all of a sudden one day they're all just eaten up by birds or something. They're just gone. And it was like, (laughs) it's, it was just the most disheartening thing. Um, but yeah, as they, as they can like productize, um, stuff like those little containers, we just plug them in and they have the lighting baked in and the hydroponics and stuff like that. Um, as those get better and better, like that, that's going to be pretty cool. You know? Totally. Yep. I agree. Yeah. But I think a lot of those, like, it's funny how when we're, if we're used to web-based stuff, you think to yourself like, oh, like you can grow food. So just like, dra- like, just drag and drop the thing to grow a larger piece of food. And then you realize like, no, like in the physical world, there's different constraints where like, it's, you know, and same with manufacturing. It's like, yeah, you can manufacture, you can 3D print really small, basic plastic parts but as things get more complicated, you know, like good luck with that, you know, like yep. good luck doing that at scale, you know? Um, but, uh, anyways, so, um, yeah, this is all interesting stuff. Um, what, um, what else do you got? You said you have a couple, you have a startup you're working on. Is it, uh, what's, what does your startup do? Yeah. So, uh, my, my startups and, um, customer retention for subscription oh, cool. businesses. Um, so oh, we cool. apply, um, we apply a form of machine learning as reinforcement learning, um, towards, uh-huh. uh, when you go cancel subscriptions, it tries uh-huh. to, um, interpret what's going wrong. And if there is a solution, um, yeah. or the problem, you know, to try to overcome it. Cause a lot of times when people move to cancel, um, there are, there are maybe other things that could be done that would be better. But you got to do it really fast, or or then it's sort of an annoying process as a customer. Um, right. So we, it's sort of a, it's called a cancel flow. Is sort of like the new name that's come up for these sorts of things. Right. Um, right. Right. And that's what we we provide a, a a tool that does that. Oh, that's cool, man. What what um like what stage are you at with the startup? You have some some customers and stuff. And... Uh, yeah, yeah. So we've been in bit. We've had it. Uh, the like sort of our core product has been out for about two years. We've got close to five hundred customers. Um, nice, and, man. and, uh, mostly subscription, subscription direct to consumer and subscription SaaS as well. Okay, cool. What are, um, what, what did you build? And I don't know if you can share all this, but yeah. like, what did you build the, um, reinforcement learning thing on, on logic on top of, or using like a TensorFlow or some kind of a, like AI package or something? Um, well, yeah. So originally we were using, um, we used some scikit-learn and, and then we, we have used TensorFlow. Um, we ended up just rewriting our own, um, and just it wanted it to be a little more flexible. Um, okay. and, and part of the machine learning elements that we have are actually, we open sourced it, um, here about a month and a half ago. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. So it's, uh, um, if you ever want to look it up, it's decision engine, decision underscore, uh, engine on, um, you can just search for it and it should show up. It's just a Python package. Oh, cool. Okay. And, um, what are some of the, um, I actually used to work for a, like a loyalty software for e-commerce and, um, and then I built, um, like an email, um, marketing software, um, that did like uh, retention email type stuff 
for, oh, for nice. e-commerce. Um, yeah, like abandoned cart and, you know, different stuff like that. And, um, awesome. what are, like, what are some of the things that you, that you, that you hook into for, for trying to reduce cancellations and stuff? Yeah. So, I mean, our integration, we integrate with Shopify, we integrate with Stripe, um, right. Charge be a bunch of the, you know, the subscription billing tools. Um, and then, and then we'll connect in, you know, there's a lot of all sort of, there's all kinds of data points on, on each customer where you can identify, you know, how long that customer has been around, how much they've spent, um, you know, location, some of these things, as well yeah. as asking sort of like our, our cancel flow asks, you know, okay, well, what's, what's going wrong? Um, and it tries to, yeah. you know, take in that data with all the other data points in order to come up with like, Hey, here, let's try to come up with a solution to this. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not that's cool. And do you have like me, like uh, metrics on how much you're able to improve over like the baseline cancellation rates and stuff? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's pretty significant. On average, it's thirty four percent. So thirty four percent of the customers that go through it. Um, and then we also found that you know if we're able to save those customers, or I guess of the customers that are saved, um, it'll actually increase the lifetime value of that customer by an average of about thirty one percent. So it's essentially like another third of the customer lifetime value that's gone if you don't save those customers. Um, and then we've nice. seen it as high, we've seen the save rate as high as 70% for a couple of our customers. Nice, dude. Yeah. Any, yeah, any like, being yeah, that's really cool, man. Any, any particularly interesting like ways that you prevent cancellation or kind of surprising um, scenarios that, that, that help to reduce cancellation? Yeah, the more that you can kind of personalize it and and pull in data on, you know, sort of acknowledging and trying to show appreciation for um, for your customer to kind of say like, hey, you've been with us for three months and we appreciate your business. We would love to, we want to try to figure out something to um, address the problem and here, mm-hmm. you know, and then coming up with like an offer. Um, that mm-hmm. can either be just reminding them of what's coming soon um, it can be, hey, we, you know, we'll have somebody jump on this and try to help you, help you solve a problem, or it can mm-hmm. be a discount. And then, uh, you know, on on the discount side, it's interesting that we found that irregular number discounts work better than general, like sort of round numbers, which was an interesting. Okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah. Like a seventeen percent discount was more effective than a twenty percent discount. Um, That's weird. <laughs> yeah, we didn't we didn't actually know why. It wasn't something we came up with. Um, in fact, when we first saw it, we were like, oh, why are they doing that? It's a, that seems like a bad idea. Um, the customer just and, came up with that idea. Yeah, they came up with it and we just saw their savior. It was really good. And we're like, huh, we should, we should try to figure this out. And we, we told a couple others to try it and, um, got the data up, uh, you know, as far as how many people were using it and went through and we're like, yeah, all right, this is interesting. Um, that's cool. And, and it's significant. And so. Uh, we did we did sort of identify why. Uh, so we ended up talking to a few of like the end consumer to find out what you know what was it about this that stood out, or, or mm-hmm. why did you accept this? And there were sort of two reasons that we came that we learned. Um, one was that they they just like oh I just it kind of caught my attention. Um, totally. Yeah. Like oh that was kind of weird. It it just sort of out uh, of the ordinary. Um, like and pattern. It's like a pattern. Uh, what's it called when you break somebody's pattern? You know. Yeah, yeah. I, so I yeah. think that, that it was that, and then the next one was that they thought they thought it was personal. So they thought it was like it was like personalized to them. 
Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that does that does make sense. So now we're you know we're actually rolling that out as a hey, we'll personalize that the the price. Got it. <laughs> that way you don't necessarily have to. Right. Fast forward five years, we're all going to be used to these random percentage discounts that we see all over the place. Yep. It's like, because like these days, it's like you always see the 10%, you always see the 20, you know, like there's these standard round percentage discounts that you just, you know, if it's an email pop up or whatever it is that you're just used to, you know. Yep. yep. And you ha- you yeah. kind of have to spend a little bit more time because, you know, when you do like 10%, you can do the math really easy in your head. So you're like, oh, well, that's going to end up being this. Yeah. Maybe I'm not. Uh, yeah. 20, eh, right. you know, 17. I don't know. There's a lot of people that are going to do that math in their head. So you might <laughs> yeah. think, well, what would that be? Um, and you're, yeah. you're, you know, yeah. at that point you're acknowledging and you're giving it a shot. You're thinking through whether or not it works you're, for you. Right. You're, you're using more brain cycles on it and then yep. you're like considering it more. That's cool. Yep. Nice, man. Well, this is a really fun uh, chat. Thanks again for taking some time. Um, it's really neat to chat through some of this stuff. I love what you built with the city dashboard and I'll try to, um, try to get something going. I got to figure out like how to easily grab some of this data, you know, in, in case like I'm not going to write out a whole PDF parsing, <laughs> library, you know, but yeah. like if there was a relatively easy way to get some of this stuff going, I definitely would throw something up, you know, like on Airtable or something like that. And then, try to get it get it rolling you know yeah that would be i'm trying to think if there's anything else that's sort of uh interesting data points that are kind of easy i mean i think if you figure out how to talk to you know the crime one's something that everybody talks about but i don't know that that anybody i don't know that there's any like great location to go look at it um you know there's some yeah. websites that have stuff out there but i'm always like a little suspect because i'm thinking okay well, wonder where where did they get their data from but i think that would be yeah that would be one that if you can get it and technically it's supposed to be, you know, it's, it's public record stuff. So you should be able to get that information. It's just a matter of like, Oh, you're going to have to scrape a bunch of PDFs. Yeah. Yeah. The crime thing is interesting because like, I remember when we first moved here, I was looking up a bunch of crime data and I was looking, you know, there's different sites with maps that show you and you're trying to buy, you know, figuring out where you want to buy a house and you want to get in a, in a, in a good area. And um, you can get real paranoid when you start looking at uh, crime data. Um, at, at least I found that I would. And it just, it put me into this paranoid state of mind. And at some point I was just like, I'm going to stop thinking about this. And, yep. you, you know, it's, a, it's just a tricky, but I think that's one of the good things about looking at trends is like, if you're looking at points on a map and you're like going, oh man, I want to get away from that point on the map where a burglary happened. Yeah. Um, it can put you into this paranoid state of mind versus like, okay, here's our crime rate. Is it going up or down? Like, let's get it. What can we do to get it going down? Kind of the thing. Yep. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, to be continued on that, but yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and if I said, if I see any other data points, then I'll be sure to send them over your way. Cause it would be, uh, I do love the idea. And I think the more we, you know, the more communities that do this, then it's just, it, it'll end up having a positive impact. Nice, man. Well, thanks again. Any, anything else you want to add before we wrap up or any links you want to share, anything like that? No, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I think, you know, if anybody has any ideas, I'm always open to open for it. And if there's anything I can do to, to kind of provide information about the way that, um, you know, some of the data that we've found and things we've found that, that worked, then, um, you know, find me on Twitter. It's just M A T M O D Y. <laughs> 